I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Bill Wills for Alex at Northeast Factory Direct. He is so confident his business model offers you the absolute lowest price. He's going to guarantee it. He buys in volume, and he can save you big. So he's going to give you the lowest price. And now he's backed it up with a one-year best price guarantee. No gimmick. There are some terms and conditions. So see more at NortheastFactoryDirect.com. Bottom line is it's going to be a great shopping experience on name-brand furniture at a lower price. Guaranteed now. Northeast Factory Direct, West 140th Street, Cleveland, Lakeland Boulevard, Euclid, Freeway Drive, Macedonia. Online more at NortheastFactoryDirect.com. We've got to get to the Attorney General's conversation with Brett Barr on Fox yesterday because uh, Attorney General Barr said some really interesting stuff. Instead of including just out and out stating the previous uh, administration spied on the incoming administration with the help of the FBI. Illegally. Remember when that was such a controversial word to use, spies? We claim without evidence. Trump used the word spy. Well... They didn't spy. They surveilled and wiretapped. The attorney general is now stating it as uh, as that. So more on that coming up in a little bit. It's pretty interesting. Right. Yeah. And and it came out that in, in the wake, allegedly, of the president's asking whether some sort of internal disinfectant might kill the coronavirus, a horrifying number of Americans 
did indeed start gargling with bleach and drinking household cleaners. They did not. They did, Jack, I according don't, to I the don't, CDC. Uh, well, fine. I don't the very same the people herd. who told us that asymptomatic transmission is very rare. No, it's quite rare. No, it's very no. It's common. No, it's rare. This was all, uh, this, I'm, I'm to like 2 p.m. And then about 2.15, oh, it's not rare at all. And then 2.30, it's kind of rare. <laughs> oh, for the love of disease, would you, you people sort out what any, the hell's going on? Anybody who drinks bleach to kill the corona, we don't want them part of the herd. I, yeah. I don't, I'm, I'm oh. sorry for your stupidity or mental illness, but you can't be part of the herd. No, probably not. Probably wow. not. The, the rest of the zebras have, have had a vote, Jim, and, and we need you to go. <laughs> Oh, my God. You don't have to get eaten by a lion, but you can't hang around here anymore. (laughs) If you heard, you know what? You could make the case. You don't have to leave the herd, but you can't sleep here. I'm, I'm not sure I'm making the case, but you could make the case. Since what the president said was innocuous, and he was asking the question of a doctor, could there be a similar, uh, you know, internal medicine given, blah, blah, blah. And it, it was a little odd, but then that was characterized a million times by the media as the president said to drink bleach. Right. He never did. No. No, the idea came from the media's characterization of it. But right. Whatever. Exactly. Either way, if you drink bleach to try to kill corona, you deserve to be out of the herd. I'm uh, sorry. I don't have any compassion for that. According to the CDC, 4% of those surveyed. Admitted they drunk or gargled household agents, including bleach. <laughs> They're jerking around the surveyor, aren't they? A staggering. A staggering. You're going to be if, staggered. If you did that, you wouldn't be able to tell the the surveyor that you did that. Yeah, I wouldn't think you'd have a tongue left if you gurgled, gurgled bleach. I'm oh. telling you, it sounds like you're gurgling something. Uh, put your feet at the shoulder width and lean forward at the waist, because this is a staggering number. <laughs> A staggering 18% of participants confessed they'd applied cleaning agents to their skin. Nearly 10% inhaled fumes from potentially toxic household disinfectants. On purpose? Uh, Median age survey respondents, 46. Uh, CDC said uh, racially mixed, blah, blah, blah. Don't don't drink bleach. Or go ahead. (laughs) If if I have to tell you not to drink bleach, you're going to be eating a Tide Pod instead. You know? Or or, or snorting uh, the Cascade dishwasher detergent. Or you've given all your money to a Nigerian king already. Anyway, you're in the care of the state. <laughs> right. So, right. whatever. Holy cow. <laughs> so, AOC tweeted last night, defund means, okay, so what does defund the police mean? Uh, I'm interested in this as a political question, because I think this has become a political problem for the Democrats, and they need to get uh, this straightened out. And fast, I think. But anyway, AOC tweeted last night, Defund means that black and brown communities are asking for the same budget priorities that white communities have already created for themselves, schooling greater than police, etc. Police asked in other ways, but were always told, no, how do you pay for it? So they found the line item. So what she's saying is defund the police means uh, more funding for schooling, etc., like they do in white communities. Yeah. I think... uh, I think a lot of uh, your uh, big-time politicians have realized that the if the public thinks you mean get rid of the police department, which they actually mean in Minneapolis, right? Some places, yeah, it's disband the police. The worst thing that happened for, if you believe what AOC believes, the worst thing that happened for your crowd is Minneapolis yes. getting all that attention. Because if you're just kind of paying attention to the news, 
defund the police sounds like it's that because Minneapolis is getting so much attention for they mean, no, we won't have any police. We'll have uh, hard conversations mm-hmm. that you'll have with others and yourself about racism. That's how you start bank robberies, etc. Well, yeah. The idea is we're spending too much on policing and not enough on social programs. So we're going to take away $10 million, you know, depending on your city and the budget, from uh, the cop shop, and we're going to add it to these uh, outreach programs. You have a couple of problems, and I have some great tape. I'm not sure it's on the list. We'll figure it out what cut it is, but um, of the chief of police of Washington, D.C., talking about this. But I also heard the uh, superintendent of police in Chicago, who's black, uh, saying the same thing. Look, we have more cops where we have more crime, and and it is expensive. But and AOC saying, uh, okay. Well, we want the same budgetary priorities as the neighborhoods that have very low crime. Y- you can't do that. Well, it's very difficult to do that, particularly because the, the quote-unquote rough neighborhoods uh, have lower tax bases, generally speaking. So you have more crime and less money to spend on the police. Right. And so uh, then, uh, you know, maybe the schools do suffer in some of the programs that uh, sound like a wonderful idea to you, depending on the way you swing. Uh, no, they don't have funding, but... It's, you know, she she says she acts as if saying, how are you going to pay for that is some outrage perpetrated to the people who live there. But, you know, every bit as much money is being spent um, on the west side of Chicago, for instance, as the other districts of Chicago. It's just it's going to the cops because there's so much crime and death. But they had their most deadly weekend uh, in 60 years. Really? In Chicago. uh, End of May. Wow. Um, but from a political standpoint, which I find interesting, Joe, how's Joe Biden going to get his hands around this? I'm sure they're polling like crazy to try to figure out how many people on the left actually mean do away with the cops or cut the funding greatly to the cops mm-hmm. before, you know, he can step in it too much. He, he knows he can't be on board with defund the police and become president. Not a chance. Not unless people really understand what it means, and they don't. I don't think Guaranteed. he can use that phrase and get elected president. Right. And, and, and the he Trump hasn't. campaign is on that. And he hasn't. They know it. And, and the Biden campaign hasn't used that phrase so far. He's using different phrases. But I'm sure they're polling to try to figure out how much damage he, is he doing to himself with the crowd that really wants to defund the police. And I, I know some people uh, that are active in the, uh, in the politics of the, of the young and educated that are really into this whole defund the police thing. And mm-hmm. they mean defund the police. Completely. They mean it. Uh, yeah. Well, you'd and, have and, to be pretty young to think that. And I've seen a lot of, well, I've seen a lot of man on the street interviews on your MSNBCs with people. That's what they mean. Yeah. That's what they're saying. Now, thank God that, they're not in charge. How many people that is? I don't have any idea. But I'll, I guarantee you, Joe Biden's campaign trying to figure that out. Right. To figure out how far he can go without alienating that big chunk of the Democratic Party, where they would just, they're not going to vote for Trump instead of Biden, but they'll stay home if they think he's not on on the right side to defund the police. Right, yeah. It also points to, we don't know what the issues are going to be come November, because all the talk about the economy, well, nobody was talking about the economy or the pandemic three months ago. Mm-hmm. Then it was all about the economy and the pandemic. Nobody was talking about defunding the police as the issue, defining the, pol- the presidential election. If the election was going to be in a couple of weeks, that would be, you know, the issue. Who knows what it's going to be come November? It uh, might be, you know, we're into, you can count the big giant stories of the year, as, as you kind of did. There might be four more by November. Oh, geez. I mean, you got uh, uh, China invades Japan. 
Major, Major League Baseball disbands completely. You know, who knows? New Jersey uh, defects from the Union, finally. Uh, who knows? I, uh, these, these are crazy times. But, 2020 needs to be over. But wouldn't you agree that Biden has got smart people in a room trying to figure out how far can we go which direction? Biden gets out-miked by geese when he's broadcasting <laughs> from his home. I so, don't know where this confidence in his staff comes from. Analysis that detailed is probably not, uh, they're probably not up to that. Yeah, that's well, a good point there. Well, the Democratic Party, Nancy, uh, you know, and Chuck have got to be thinking, how far can we? We've got to go a little ways. Oh, sure. To make, you know, the people that are howling about the police in the streets happy. But we can't go very far or we ain't winning no national elections. Sure. I'll tell you exactly what Nancy's thinking. Cynical old hag. She's thinking. Cynical oh, old hag. I stand by those words. Drop the COH on her. Listen, she's saying, let's make lots of noises about how we're with you. Absolutely with you, and we'll hold some hearings. In fact, they're holding a hearing right now, House Judiciary Panel, as we speak. And they will make a great deal of noise, and they will make wild proposals that will never get through the the Senate, and and probably not even get through the House, uh, but get credit for trying. But Nancy, and then hope the COH that she is, <laughs> she says we're never going to enact those laws. That would be insane. But we'll uh, we'll 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 shout and make a bunch of noise saying we're on your side. And this will all dissipate likely. And mm. like you said, there'll be a couple of more giant stories before November. So yeah, yeah. it'll dissipate to a large extent. It's a real issue. I mean. Uh, racism and policing and budgets and the rest of it, th- those are s- legitimate issues. And so they'll continue to be discussed, but it won't have quite the heat it has now. No way. I heard Jonah Goldberg say, I was listening to a podcast yesterday, and it, I thought it was a good point. He's he's kind of anti-crowds uh, and protests, which I thought was interesting. And Because of the COVID? Or? Uh, uh, no, uh, for a couple of reasons. He, he sees these protests, these big movements, as pre-political. It's, it's like... It's before we had the ability to, like, organize, come up with an issue, convince people to vote for it. Mm. We just stand in the street and all scream it together. Yeah, until like people hashtag are, And people are frightened until the king is frightened enough to uh, to do it. Right. It, it, How it, interesting. Yeah. Which, uh. and, it kinda, and he made the point, and I thought that was true. Uh, a lot of response of, well, they're angry. People are angry. You have to let them, but they're angry. When's the last time you made a good decision when you were angry? Which is a decent point. That's not when you make your best decisions. Mm. When you're super, super mad. Uh, yes, or I would upset. agree. I would agree. An a- angry, crazed crowd is not who you look for for calm reason. This is a good idea policy. Right, right. And as I said before, I think the energy of the moment might go toward uh, that steam might run the wrong engine. It might uh, run us down the road to policy that will not work and is a terrible idea. So you think in the Biden campaign, Sean, they're just kind of sitting around in a room having crackers and coffee? And uh, no, I think we've got to figure out a way to make the candidate louder than the geese. <laughs> no, I think they're trying to do good things. I just don't think they're good at it. <laughs> How do we get the geese to shut up? Maybe we can ask the geese to be quieter. You can't speak to geese. <laughs> Oh, I don't know. What's your idea? Don't yell at me. Can we distract it with what? This is not a, a safe space. Goose. Uh, what's a female goose? <laughs> Somebody Google what geese eat. <laughs> Go- the, the, the goose is the female. The gander's the male. <laughs> They're all geese. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty.
lot of music chosen by 8 and 10 year olds as I drove 2,000 miles over the last five days. On a lot of Dance Monkey. We listen to Dance Monkey a few times, which I like. Listen to Old Time Road a lot, which I've learned to Old really... Old Town Road? Old Town Road. Old Town Road. Yeah, right. I don't even know the name of Old Town Road, which I've really... I got your word straight, Jack. Which I've really learned to appreciate the nuances of. But. <laughs> How much of the Into the Spider-Verse soundtrack? Uh, some of that, definitely. That's good yeah. soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not that big on the hippity hop, but uh, it's uh, it's good stuff. Yeah. Now, a guy with the wheel gets the volume knob. That's my rule. <laughs> oh, of course, yeah. when you're trying to keep two kids like calm, entertained, and not making you nuts. But man, what'll what'll it take? Cash payments. But this is control recent, of the radio. But this is recent since you were even driving with your kids. The Nintendo Switch is a game changer for mm-hmm. driving mm. with kids. It's just. And I was thinking with them, and there was complaints as kids do about it. Well, are we there yet? I'm tired of being in the car. And I just thought, what would I pay? To be in a big, comfortable chair, because I'm driving a giant SUV. What would I pay to be in a big, comfortable chair with a you know a screen in front of me and headphones on and snacks right. all day long? Right. I would pay a lot for that. Oh, please. What you are you complaining me. about? That sounds like a dream come true to me. You tell 10-year-old me that's what's about to happen? Like, let's start now. Yeah, right now I would do it. Why wait? So I want to get into the organization Black Lives Matter and, and what they believe in and and what they say, polls show a huge majority of Americans agree with Black Lives Matter. Well, they mean the sentiment in general, I think. I think. Um, and and the problem is the uh, the the great principle of this is something. Um, everybody says something must be done, and somebody comes up with a plan, which is something. Therefore, that must be done. Well, except that sometimes the something you come up with is not a good idea. Is this um? Uh, does this follow the track of like the Tea Party? So the Tea Party was a an idea and a movement and people that believed in it, including us. And then you start getting together rallies, and then you start backing candidates that are Tea Party candidates. Mm-hmm. Are there going to be Black Lives Matter candidates? Yes, probably challenging Democrats and already own, are in their own party mm-hmm. leading up to November. Yeah. Definitely. And, you, and you call yourself a Black Lives Matter candidate? Well, then I, then I need to know what you stand for. Yeah, and, and we'll get into that next segment if you want. I have it handy. It is interesting to me that, um, and this is partly virtue signaling, partly that Jeff Bezos' uh, politics are weird, but Amazon is donating $10 million to the ACLU Foundation, which used to be a great organization. Now it's just a far-left political action committee. Black Lives Matter. Uh, the Brennan Center for Justice, uh, bah, 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 NAACP, again, a formerly great organization, in my opinion, National Bar Association, which is a far-left legal organization, etc. Um, National Urban League, the UNCF, which continues to be the United Negro College Fund, um, among other things. So uh, Amazon showing its stripes. And, you know, it's, well, I don't know. I don't want to get too far into this because it's all anybody's talking about, and I'm getting a little worn out. But um, it's just, a big like deal. I said, I'm, oh, it's a huge deal. I'm just afraid that because the leftist activist types, some of their solutions are not solutions at all. They'll make things worse. They're just a, a quest for power. Um, I, I just, I'm afraid we're going to end up in a worse spot, which would be I, I terrible. I think it's almost guaranteed. Ah, that'd be awful. Did you see this? Antifa has taken and is holding about six square blocks in Seattle's Capitol Hill area. Yeah, we got a text about that. There are roadblocks. Here's some pictures. Uh, Roadblocks that say, 
Um, Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, you are now leaving the USA. Yeah, we, we need to talk about that. That's really something. I tell you what, San Francisco, you have to, you need right now to step up your crazy game because Seattle is running rings around you. They're making you look almost normal, San Francisco. What are you, Omaha, San Francisco? Come on. Do you have any giant regions taken over by far-left violent groups? No, you don't. Check yourself. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. You know, here's the thing. For the first time in American history, police organizations and the national security organizations were used to spy on a campaign. And there was no basis for it. And the media largely drove that. And all kinds of sensational claims were being made about the president that could have affected the election. And then later on in his administration, there were actions taken that really appear to be efforts to sabotage uh, his campaign. And that has to be looked at. And if people want to say that I'm political because I am looking at those potential abuses of power, so be it. But that's the job of the attorney general. I thought that was an extraordinary statement from the Attorney General of the United States. You want to talk about abusive cops? How about federal cops that violate people's rights and lie and cheat and the rest of it? You're not interested in that? So I agree with Bill Barr, um, and uh, I think he's right about this. But so half the country thinks he's Trump's puppet or whatever. But either way, you have an extraordinary situation. You're either in the camp that thinks this guy is so crooked that he's saying these things, or you're in my camp, where he's saying the previous administration, for the first time in American history, used law enforcement to spy on an incoming president with the help of the media, perpetuating things that they knew weren't true. Right. Right. Which is extraordinary. Well, the whole Bill Barr is just a tool of Trump. Are you also ignoring the independent inspector general who found that 17... Uh, you know, inaccuracies, lies, and omissions in the, the FISA application. One of the few uh, IGs left that Trump hasn't fired, but uh, his his report was a blockbuster. you got to listen to that. There's more from Bill Barr, which I also found damned interesting. You know, I, I think before the election, I think we're concerned about the uh, motive force behind the very aggressive investigation that was launched into the Trump campaign without, you know, with a very thin, slender read as a, as a basis for it. It seemed that the bureau was sort of spring-loaded at the end of July to drive in there. Uh, and investigate a campaign, and there really wasn't much there to do that on, and that became more and more evident as they went by, but they seemed to have ignored all the exculpatory evidence that was building up and continued pell-mell to push it forward. There's a possibility that this report that comes out sometime in the summer, who knows how close to the election, is just going to be explosive. Mm. There's a possibility of that. It'll probably be seen entirely through partisan lens. Yeah, as Sean, as Sean always says, it might not move a vote right. no matter what it is. <laughs> yeah, which is uh, troubling. The more I see humanity, the less impressed I am. Can't put aside uh, your, your bias for even a second. And then if, uh, you know, the news comes out and, and, and it's undeniable, you'll just pretend it never happened or deny it. Down the road, six months from now, people will be saying, no, no, he didn't say that. 
It's just the nature of politics. It's ugly. What's that old fortune cookie saying? Yeah, may you live in interesting times. I want to oh, live yeah. in uh, uh, dull times. Placid, dull. Placid, dull. Really nothing to talk about. I'll so. invent my own interesting. Exactly. How about that? Yeah. This is just it's too much. I'll, I'll go to Interestingville and look around for a while, then go back home to Placid Acres. Yeah. Was there one more clip we were going to play? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you got the, 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 uh, the Fed subverting the Constitution. Oh, yeah. You're, no, you're that's, tired that's of it? That's a you're big bored? deal. That's not important to you? I think I think. What, you got a roll of the Constitution next to your <laughs> toilet? You just you don't care? Is that the way you see that document? It's toilet paper? Well, going to move along. Wow. Um, it's the era of the scathing indictment and hyperbole. I'm going to conduct all of my conversations like that from here on out. So you want pizza? Nothing but pizza. Pizza seven days a week. 365 days a Why don't you have sex with a pizza? I just said pizza would be good. No, it's got to be all hyperbole all the time, apparently. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I made some bad eating choices over the last five days. And yet you lost weight, right? Yeah, and because it was so stressful. It was a very stressful trip. Oh, boy. But um, ate, ate really bad. I mean, just you know, something about the traveling. How many donuts? Let's start there. Held off on the donuts pretty well. Stopped at a Dunkin' Donuts on the way home yesterday because I told I promised to get donuts. We made it clear to the end of the trip and we hadn't had any, so we stopped at a Dunkin' Donuts. I mostly needed coffee mm. uh, to keep going, but uh, not too bad on the donuts. But uh, your chip type food was mm. just uh, just mm. out of, completely out of hand. Oh, the humble chip. Yeah, I cannot eat potato chips for months at a time until they're in front of me. I'm hungry. Maybe I've had a drink. Somebody orders a few bags of chips or something. Please, they're gone. I've, I, I they're have, gone. They're crushed. I luckily have learned. I find it very easy to avoid eating an Oreo or a chip or anything like that. And I have learned that um, they're designed. We all know this, I think, now at this point. They're designed by science to trick your brain into making you eat more. And I'm right. fully aware of that. And so I just don't take the first one. I find it easy to avoid that first chip. Impossible, like most people, to avoid the next 300 if I eat one. Mm. Same with Oreos or anything else. Yeah, yeah. How hard is it to avoid eating an Oreo? I find it effortless. Right. How hard is it to avoid eating the second Oreo? Mm. I want it like sex. Is because of the way the brain's designed and the way that they've manipulated our brains. Right. You have some of the smartest scientists on Earth making food addictive, so you'll gobble even more of them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Is there a a term for that? A food, a gateway food or something? A a slippery slope food? One step too many toward the cliff food? Um, They're not all designed that way, obviously. Why aren't all foods designed that way? Since they can. Maybe not everybody's evil in the food industry. I don't know. I don't know. Also, uh, not uh, strictly applicable to the big story of the day, um, uh, the, uh, the sports situation, all your sports leagues at least have their act together and think they know how and when they're going to start and what they're going to do and how they're going to react, blah, blah, blah. Some of it might work better than some of the other ones, but fine. Except Major League freaking baseball, which has and they're the big out- nothing. And they're the outdoor sport with the players standing the furthest apart. Right. It, that's not the problem. It's, it's the uh, Major League Players Association and the owners always fighting about money. Always huge disagreements about money. The almighty dollar. I like it when people say that. Oh, you said that. I liked your tone of voice, too. Uh, we're sorry. We, uh, this it's all about the almighty dollar. Article from the... Follow uh, the money. Oh, boy. That's probably enough. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution with a great piece by uh, a man called... 
I realize that's you and Tucker Carlson, but <laughs> it, I can't resist it. Mark Mark Bradley wrote a great piece about just the history of baseball is always squabbling. They can never agree. Nobody wants to compromise. The owners hate the players. The players hate the owners. And even though you know they played through both world wars and the rest of it, modern baseball cannot get their act together. And uh, according to an MLB insider I spoke with, things are really dark because they're nowhere close to an agreement. They're getting farther from an agreement right now. And at the end of next season, their collective bargaining agreement is at an end. And everybody is saying there will be a huge lockout or strike. I, I, I just I don't understand. You know, this happens all the time. You'd think grownups could get together, for instance, like a divorce or something and say, look, this is why, you know, let's, one thing we can't do is is this. Mm-hmm. You think they could do that with baseball, especially given the fact that um, in the modern in the modern age with so many entertainment options out there. You can't count on people giving a crap. Yeah. You can't count on that. This isn't 1955. Right. There's lots of things to watch and do. You get out of sight, out of mind very long, you might kill the golden goose. I would think the the, the smart people could agree on that. I'm a huge baseball fan. I love the game. I love the sport. Um, But uh, I have a very dark view of the next couple of years of Major League Baseball. Backup pictures will be breaking into your home now because they don't have any money. How's that for a transition? I doubt it. Um, no, but we'll, uh, let me hit you with the quote um, from the union, the players' union, in a second, and you will soon share my pessimism. About uh, the backup pictures breaking into your home? Uh, they call them relief pitchers, Jack. Okay, whatever. What How chick. many goals did they score? Backup pitcher. That's embarrassing. <laughs> you Sim- child. You child. Simply Safe, the best overall home security of 2020. Proud sponsor of the Armstrong and Getty Show. This is everything you want from your home security system without the messy, expensive install and without the long contract. You well, know and the big expense in general. You don't want some backup pitchers thrown too many home runs oh, oh, crawling oh through your window. No, night. you don't. Touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> so you call Simply Safe, and this is what I like about Simply Safe is ain't nobody coming to my home. I order it with the click of a button online, open the box, place the sensors, plug it in. Bingo! My home is protected around the clock. About 50 cents a day, no long contract. And with a 60-day money-back guarantee and free shipping, you cannot go wrong with Simply Safe. And yeah, it's every bit as reliable and, and good as the other systems. It's just a better idea. So go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Free shipping, 60-day money-back guarantee. Simply is S-I-M-P-L-I. An I at the end. Isn't that revolutionary? SimplySafe.com slash Armstrong. So they know we sent you SimplySafe.com slash Armstrong. So the Players Union resoundingly rejected. That's a quote from the union head. The owner's proposal, they called for prorated salaries over an 82-game season. Um, the players proposed 114 games, which made no sense, according to the writer in the uh, Journal-Constitution. Two years of extended playoffs. Salary deferrals in the event of a 2020 playoff cancellation and the exploration of additional jewel events and broadcast enhancements aimed at creatively blah, 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 blah. So they wanted more money, more complicated, more games, the rest of it. Boy, and some sort of protection that if the virus comes back in the fall and they have to shut it down, God dang it. Then then we get that money, but we'll wait till next year, that sort of thing. Ba- baseball aside, I'm not sure America could handle the virus coming back and, like, redoing this. You know, that reminds uh, me, there are all sorts of stories all over the liberal media today about uh, rising numbers of cases. 
as usual, they continue to ignore the fact that there is rapidly rising testing. I did hear one guy finally concede, you know, part of this has to do with more testing. Oh, well, thank you. He said, but that doesn't explain the entire rise in cases. Uh, I thought, okay, all right, finally. Somebody who's speaking like an adult who understands statistics, who's informing us a little bit. Hospitalizations and deaths are the only reliable number. And there are a couple of places in America that are seeing a smallish rise in uh, hospitalizations. But some of those are rural areas where they don't have many hospital beds. So it is of concern. The thing is still around. It's still lurking. Um, it's. It, I talked to a guy the other day. And his brother got it. I don't know how old his brother is, but if he's roughly the same age, he's probably around 50. He got it in Italy, um, not in the United States, but he was in a coma for two months. Wow. And I thought he was going to die. Wow. Yeah. I, so it's uh, not something you want to get. A friend just lost a family member just the other day. Uh, she passed away from uh, the COVID. Um, so, yeah, it's still around. It's still a terrible, mysterious disease. Um, let's see. They're thinking, you know, it's... I heard Nakedly Progressive Radio this morning say still killing 800 to 1,000 people every day. Well, as usual with them, it hasn't, it's, it's now below 800, and the <laughs> upper end of the range is barely 800. I will tell you, and I, you know, well, we're running out of time. I'll tell That's you, in a country of 330 million people. I'll give you an idea how quickly you can bounce back to normal life, having just experienced it in the last couple of days. <laughs> I've been on lockdown for three months. I was back to complete normal in a different state where they have different attitudes. Yeah. Uh, but we got that and other stuff that we need to talk about. What the heck is Black Lives Matter mean? Since the polling is up, people support overwhelmingly Black Lives Matter. And what the what chief of mean? police of D.C. said will shock you. Don't go away. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. There's the statement, Black Lives Matter. Then there's the organization. We'll talk about the organization, what they believe and espouse. Uh, next segment, I think, because we're, we're running a little tight on time. Also, folks calling for defunding the police, whatever that means. It means different things to different people, but... Uh, San Diego, in an almost unanimous vote of the city council, voted to raise the budget for their police department. Exact opposite of Minneapolis. Exactly. So uh, there are all sorts of uh, policy ideas and energy roiling the country. A lot of these ideas are bad ideas, and they're based on misperceptions. And I'm, I'm not that much of a politics guy these days. It makes me crazy. But policy I find really interesting. Anyway, the Washington, D.C. police chief was on uh, Nakedly Progressive Radio, NPR, this morning, and they are trying to set up that he's uh, got a racist force, and they throw some statistics at him. Um, uh, and, and he responded, I thought, quite eloquently and, and simply, cut 72, Sean. Chief maintains his department has spent two decades embracing expensive reforms from better training to body cameras. In spite of those reforms, there were some statistics that came out last year, and your department found that 70% of those arrested were black, even though the population of D.C. is nowhere near 70% black. What happened? So you have to look at uh, the focus of our agency. Our agency focuses on violent crime here in Washington, D.C. Uh, and if you look at um, 
lookouts that are given to the police department when violent offenses occur in our city. A lookout is a crime victim describing a suspect. In the area of 90% of those lookouts uh, are for African, young African-American males. Nusha maintains that statistic does not reflect police bias, but a persistent lack of opportunity for many in Washington's black community. Okay, so what it actually indicates is an interesting sociological question. But 70% of the people are uh, who are arrested are black. 90% of the reported criminals are black. So black criminals are underrepresented in the arrest ratios? Certainly you, sounds like you it. You have to address that honestly. If you're going to have this supposed we need to have conversation about race, you have to include that. Well, and, sp- and nobody wants to include that because it's right. really difficult. Or, or they just quickly and dismissively say, well, it's lack of economic opportunity or systemic racism. That's the reason for that. Well, okay, that may be the truth, but we need to take a hard, serious look at it. And he also said they, they, they later in the story, shockingly, admitted that studies show there doesn't seem to be any difference between black cops and white cops and who they arrest and who they pull over and the rest of it. Those numbers don't show any indication of bias. Um, there are plenty of racist cops out there. Don't don't misunderstand me. There are plenty of racist everything everywhere. But um, y- you have to have that conversation. And in terms of policing, and, and this goes to training, because it's all about training in the kind of cops you hire. If 90% of the time you're looking for a violent criminal, you're looking for a young black man that's going to start to affect your attitude. Maybe we have to be proactive with cops and, 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 and you know, re-inoculate them. Look, that doesn't mean other black people are criminals. That was, the human brain is desperate to find patterns. The more I uh, read about this, the more interesting it becomes. That's part of what Barack Obama said years ago, right? That was part of his speech. Yeah. I think that was him. Or yeah, was, I, that, was that James Comey's speech about race? That might have been James Comey. And that was really good at the time. Uh, going through why people have different attitudes about different things. Yeah, I think that was James Comey. I'll have to relook that up. But. Yeah, yeah. But in in reading a little bit about OCD and and other issues and uh, and noticing it in my own life, and I mentioned this before. I, I play almost no video games, but I play a, a, a card game, cribbage, on uh, on my phone to pass the time sometimes. And the game starts with you randomly select a card. The computer randomly se- selects a card, and I want with every fiber of me. To find a pattern. If I go to the left, I always win. Or if I go to the right, or if I go in the middle, or if I use my thumb, or whatever. I just, I'm desperate to find, it. there is no pattern. It's random. But my human brains want patterns, and OCD is kind of an advanced case of this, where, for instance, my daughter, who struggled with it for a number of years, um, she believed that if she did certain things, she would be lucky. She would have a good day, and escape some of the, the you know, pain of her, her youth, um, uh, as somebody with Asperger's syndrome. But anyway, um, cops see a 90% tendency in D.C., for instance, that the violent criminals are young black men. You must resist, we much, uh, you must really resist the tendency to then have your brain take that pattern and do things with it it shouldn't do. But we have to be honest about these things because you lecture cops about, you know, kind of your you know, maybe you're a suburban white guy, maybe you're a college professor, professor, whatever. You lecture them about how they're racist and they need a blah, 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 and they're thinking, 90% of the guys I arrest are young black men, so thanks for the lecture. We need to 
under we need to include facts like that in the discussion so cops can really you know have something they can use training wise. But you know, I'm sure a lot of you are really uncomfortable with that discussion, but. It needs to be had. So uh, the phrase Black Lives Matter. I think The numbers are really up for do you support Black Lives Matter? I need to know what that means. Right. Do you mean the phrase, the idea, or, or the organization? We'll talk a little bit about the organization, what they actually believe in a spouse uh, during the next segment. Awesome. I think you'll find it interesting and revealing. Fantastic. Armstrong and Getty. Hey, it's Rover for Northeast Factory Direct. I've been telling you they have the lowest prices anywhere for years now. But now they're actually putting it in writing. They have a one-year best price guarantee. That's right. Alex, the owner, he must have gone crazy. If you buy a furniture or hot tub from Northeast Factory Direct and within one year you find it advertised for less, Alex will refund the difference. There's no gimmick to this. Just save a lot of money. West 140th in Cleveland, Lakeland Boulevard in Euclid, Freeway Drive in Macedonia, or shop online at northeastfactorydirect.com. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 